Welcome to the About Sex Podcast. I'm Joshua Skirtu, and with me as always is Angela Skirtu. Hi. Hi. How are you, Angela? <laughs> I'm a little sick, so I'm going to talk very sultry to everybody. Yeah, sultry. I said slow. <laughs> I would practice sultry the whole time, too. You've been practicing sultry? <laughs> sultry. Sultry. <laughs> Yeah, yep. <laughs> we both have colds. So You're going to get it, by the way. Sorry. Oh, no, no. And that's our guest today is Angela Schubert. That's right. Hi, Angela. Hi. You are a sex therapist. Where did it go? Oh, oh no. <laughs> it locked itself Well, again. while you're doing that, I'll tell everybody I'm a licensed marriage yeah. therapist and an ASEX certified sex therapist. <laughs> and Angela Schubert is a PhD in counselor education, counseling education and supervision and a master's degree in mental health counseling from the University of Missouri, St. Louis. She received a gender studies certificate in 2015 from University of Missouri, St. Louis, and she did her undergrad work in Illinois College. Uh, she is a sex researcher and all this other stuff. I'm not okay. going to read it all. Hey, I'm kind of yeah. interested. What's the gender certification <laughs> all yeah, what about? Is <laughs> right away, wait, not even on the topic list. Yeah. I'm like, what's that? Like, we have genders. What is that? <laughs> we have genders. <laughs> um, so University of Missouri, St. Louis, they offer a certificate to... Um, mm, hello. <laughs> um, to learn more um, about women and gender, and essentially it is understanding the origin um, the pedagogy of uh, women's studies and gender studies. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it looks not only at Western civilizations, but it also looks at international <laughs> civili- civilizations. Um, so I dug it, but I didn't know it existed until I was about to graduate. Oh, no. Mm. So I took the certificate instead of the degree. Oh, Isn't okay. that always the same way? Like, I was an English major, and I was like, oh, yeah, computers exist. <laughs> <laughs> I should have done and that. And everybody speaks oh, English. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody speaks English. Now I have a degree in it. I also speak good. <laughs> exactly right. So why are women important to learn about? Yeah. <laughs> well, Tell us more. I don't Tell know. us more. Well, I, you know, I think the the study of women, um, especially in communities or in tribes, um, uh, in social systems, there, uh, there's just layer, sorry, a varied degree of gender role expectations. Okay. Um, so I was intrigued by it um, because I grew up as a Westerner, so I know what gender role looks like in my mm-hmm. social culture, but I don't know what it looks like for um, people uh, around the world. Um, and I've noticed that from the research that I've done and including all of the the degrees, all of those tracks that I ever went on, it, they, they have, um, were predominantly created by white males. So, yeah. Hi. Uh, <laughs> I'm one white of those. Males. <laughs> oh, so I, I don't know if you personally did it, but. So I'd be perfect it for was, it. Yeah. <laughs> right. I could write so something. I do have a degree in English. On your behalf. <laughs> Yeah. I see. So all of always well, women in relation to men, white well, men. Right. Well, they say if you're gonna rule the world, you have to write all the history books from your perspective. From your perspective, yeah. that's true. Like we right. were the good guys; everybody else was the baddies. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, th- I <laughs> and the history books and all that say so. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 We won. <laughs> right. <laughs> Woo-hoo. <laughs> Woo-hoo. <laughs> right. So the the male sort of model is the framework or the baseline for everybody else mm-hmm. to be evaluated. Right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So you're abnormal then if you're not one of those two well, things. Well, I am a lady. <laughs> I'm a cis female. She's a lady. So. <laughs> She's a lady. <laughs> well, so you're also here to talk about aging. Yes? Yeah, yeah, that's your your research. That's what you're focused on in your research, right? I did. 
Yeah. So what yeah. does that involve in um, aging? Well, um, so I was... Do, do old people have sex? I, yeah, they do. <laughs> they do? They do. No way. They do. They do. The description just changes, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, it's not what you would typically believe to um, be between two people um, at a younger age. It just varies. The mm-hmm. definition shifts. You have to re um, reinvent that process for you and a lot of it comes from within first Mm -hmm. so if you have this belief that you're (coughs) always going to supposed to have it you know uh, missionary style and you're always supposed to engage and you're always supposed to have an erection and you're mm-hmm. always supposed to get excited. And, and you're always supposed to do it in the dark. And, and everybody's, yes, and everything <laughs> You're never allowed to dark, do it in the light. Uh, oh, yeah. Then you... <laughs> yeah, but then you might trip and fall and you'll be like, my hip. Right. That's how you, you know fall what? in. It's yeah. an accident oh. that repeats itself over and over again. Oh, that's again. sex. That's sex. That's oh, sex. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then you jump up and down and you mm-hmm. don't get pregnant. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, that yeah. works to get the sperm out. Right. Oh, that's so smart. Well, after your 60s, I'm assuming you can't get pregnant. Well, actually, I think there are people who've no gotten way. pregnant. I think in um, Britain, there was mm-hmm. an o- older woman. I think she was around 65, and I believe she had uh, twins. Yep. Yeah, she did. It's time yeah. to start. That's family planning right there. <laughs> <laughs> it depends. It's like, I'm 65. It time to depend. retire and have two children. It does depend. After menopause, yeah. though, it does end. Yeah. yeah. But some women but have some women menopause have later. later. Right. Huh. So right. That lady did. <laughs> right. Wow. That's a real surprise birth, right? Woo-hoo. Way to go, yeah. lady. <laughs> she wanted babies. <laughs> well, I don't know if she had planned to do that, I guess. She did. She wanted to. Yeah. She wanted it. She planned oh, cool. it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so my my interest in um, aging sexuality mm-hmm. was um, it began when I worked at the nursing home. Um, is it okay to say masturbate? Yeah, yeah. you can oh, say masturbate. Okay. Just so the cuss words we try no to avoid. Curse words. Okay, oh, I just I need to know. You can say no, masturbate. Fine. You can say cunnilingus. <laughs> no, you can no, say no. anal sex. Oh. We won't even think about those. Yeah. Masturbation okay. is not a bad word. <laughs> They're not okay. bad words. That's those wonderful. are home words. Those are clinical terms. Home words. I clinical want them to be that okay. casual that anybody no can talk what, about you, it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So um, <laughs> I started off um, trying to make my way through undergrad, and I was able to acquire a job at the nursing home as a CNA. Um, and my first experience with another person having sex who was not around my age group was um, a woman who more than likely has passed since then. Mm-hmm. Um, I s- walked into her room, as we normally do, and she was masturbating in the bed. Mm. And and I didn't Wait, want... the door was just wide open? No, no, no. I opened up the door. Oh. I, Did you knock? We, you do oh. one knock and oh, you okay. open in. There yeah. aren't any steadfast rules about this. You yeah. don't... And they don't have a lock on their door. They do not have any mm. locks on their door. In fact, their 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 um, privacy is quite limited. Yeah. But so she was masturbating. We'll call her Wilma. And um, so Wilma, you know, was having fun with herself. And so I was going to respect that. I walked out. And when I mm-hmm. walked out, I, <coughs> me being the 20-something-year-old that I am at the time, I was like, oh, Wilma was just masturbating. Like, how exciting is that? And, oh, no. Oh no, we Wait. would never do it. no. And who said the, that? The charge nurse walked down to Wilma's room, got her out of her, of her bed, oh. and brought her into the community space, like a child, like a child, oh, like a shamed woman being stoned. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. horrible. And so that that was that was it for me. I. I knew that that was there was something weird about that's that. That's a toxic environment right there. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I've heard stories about like uh, even like men who are there like they they're not allowed to have access to any pornography, no magazines or anything like that. 
I think there's a big belief that you're not supposed to, and it probably depends on what nursing home you go, um, that you go into, but um, there's normally not even somebody to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. There's not somebody from, you know, PR, HR, or whoever's Mm -hmm. trying to do that. Welcome to this new nursing home. Right. Here is your bathroom. Here is your shower. Here's where you can have sex. Here's where you can have (laughs) sex. Here is where you can pick up porn. Right. Well, in the research that I that um, that I did, no, one nursing home, there was a family room Mm -hmm. that maybe a family member who wasn't in the nursing (coughs) home could home could go to. Mm -hmm. Um, So I coined it the boom, boom room because they said if somebody wanted to have sex, I could have sex in there. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other place um, that the other several other places that I researched. No, absolutely not. There's no specific room. Mm -hmm. Most rooms are occupied by a stranger. If they have the money to get a single room, Mm -hmm. they still have limitations with privacy and people coming in and out all the time. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. terrible. I know it. So it it, it makes for a great, you know, the end of your your life. Yeah. You get somebody chasing you around like an overbearing mother mm-hmm. yeah. trying to stop you from touching yourself. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, because you might harm yourself yeah. somehow. Oh, no. Right. No, it's orgasms so are retarded. great. You're not supposed to touch. You're not <laughs> supposed to feel. You're not supposed to have You're not any supposed interest. to date. I mean, like, let's be honest, you know. I mean, you only have so many years left. Why wouldn't you want to date and bang as much as you could? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what I want to do with my end of years. Yeah, what else are you going to do? <laughs> What Come else on. are you gonna do? You have so much time on <laughs> your hands you once you're no, retired. No, it's true. Right. What are you gonna do? Yeah, well, and then you know, chase the ladies around. <laughs> you need you need sex to fill. I don't know. It's a need. I think it's like a human right to me. Like well, the World Health I Organization does say it's a human right. Yeah. <laughs> so well, you're if not they alone. said it is, then <laughs> right. it must be true. Right. Well, so what would happen then? Like, um, if people did want to have sex, did they ever ask the people about it, or mm-hmm. would they just keep it to themselves, or? So if they're married, then they more than likely share a room. Um, Mm -hmm. They have been known to verbalize some um, concerns, some interests, like may we please have some privacy Mm -hmm. 10 minutes before you put us down or 10 minutes before you wake us up in the morning because they Mm -hmm. may be immobile for whatever reason. (coughs) Um, So then they they work something out. But you have to have a lot of courage to ask Mm -hmm. a stranger to give you privacy, to so you give can you privacy, so you can, you know, kiss That's or fondle fun. or hug yeah. or be intimate, be in intimate any in yeah. any way. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, the m- majority of the nursing homes that I've gone to, they uh, they don't have anything set up. They don't ask the questions. And then um, something that I found from my research is that when you are going into somebody's you're going when you go to a nursing home and it's not yours right mm-hmm. um it's not your house right so you're a guest in somebody's home mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. likely are you going as a to resident be? Mm-hmm. well no it's your home at right. that point if you're a resident that's your home well you should you would hope that yeah but there's this sort of underlying belief like well i i couldn't do that what if they came in what if they found out it's like you're a prisoner. is that allowed you know so they asked me these questions i'm like well you you've lived here for five or six years you've yeah. you've never asked they no. haven't no. Mm-hmm. And nobody's ever come forth to offer that conversation. Hmm. Well, they need to. Like really. Oh yeah. Like they need they need to have the right to do what they want with their body. Like doesn't matter how old you are. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I you know, I we were talking about stories and mm-hmm. talking about the So, I call him uh George. Mm-hmm. He uh super super swell guy. He um he got rid of all of his porn before he went to the nursing home. By mm-hmm. no means was he, he didn't, he didn't want 
you know, he's going into somebody else's home. Right. So he didn't want to bring that thinking that they would take it away or they would find mm-hmm. him out or they would do whatever. Um, and so slowly he, he realized that he, he needed that. Yeah. He doesn't have a partner. He, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't have a way to, that was how he enjoyed himself and enjoyed his, his private time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he bought one. Mm-hmm. And then one became two. Of course. And two became three. Three became a collection. Right, and yeah. he has a collection, but um, he didn't know. He came, he got the courage before he knew whether or not it was appropriate to have or somebody would punish him. And punish, punish an adult. Punish yeah, him. why would right. an adult right. need to be you punished? You try to punish me as an adult, I will, <laughs> you will have a problem. Or discipline in any <laughs> like, way. Like, really? Right. Like, yeah, if you're the cops and I'm breaking a law, yeah, sure. They can punish me. Right. Other than that, mind your own business. But you've never Good had Lord. these conversations before. No, People I'm, don't talk about sex, yeah. you know, on a regular basis in a seven we do. a seventy year old. <laughs> Y'all do. That we is do. true. Yeah. We do way too much. That's we do a true. podcast about it. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called I think so. About Sex. Podcasts are great <laughs> yeah. for that. I think yeah. they need to have that in the nursing home. But yeah. he um at one point he was somebody walked in. Um a nurse did. Yeah. And she walked in, <clears throat> she picked up whatever she needed, and uh, she walked out. She stole it. No. No, no, no. No, no, no. What? She did what she needed to do. And she left. And then oh, okay. she left. And so if, so there, for, for George. She it, wasn't there for the porn. Mm-mm. Okay. She wasn't there for the porn. His porn wasn't taken away. Mm-hmm. He wasn't penalized. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there was also this sort of... Um, uh, rejuvenation, like, ooh, I got caught. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I'm so bad, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it made him feel almost like young again because mm-hmm. he, at that time, he kind of felt in an oppressed, like he was in an freedom. oppressive environment. But yes. really, he just took his freedom. Yeah, right. He took in more freedom. He took in more autonomy, yeah. and he took in more um, personal choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what I'm going to do. Which that's a need for all adults to have some version of autonomy. I think mm-hmm. when people feel like they're losing that, they they start to have trouble. That's when they come into my office for therapy is right. when they kind of feel like they've lost themselves and their partner. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. So you mentioned something about ageism and how we infantilize. Infantilize. Is that the word? <laughs> yes, yeah. infantilize. Old people, tell me about this concept. So um, I'm a firm believer that internalized ageism starts from... Um, what does that a mean? Very young age. What does internalized ageism mm-hmm. mean? Um, so I'm old, therefore I'm asexual, therefore I don't deserve to have sex, and if I do inter- have an interest in sex, then I'm a dirty <coughs> old woman I see. or a dirty, or dirty old, old man. So it's self hate. Yeah, you take on the perception of society mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and claim it as your own, I whether see. it's subconscious or conscious or or what have you. But right. think about the conversations you've had as a kid when you. You may not have had this experience, but for many people, um, when they hear um, their mom or dad are kissing, (laughs) one is because they're parents and somehow that being the parents already puts them in a place where they're not supposed to have sex they're not supposed to be (laughs) intimate. You know, and so that's funny, but my kid will never be allowed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, if you do that, I'm going to make out with her more in front of you. Sorry. <laughs> Go to bed, Olivia. Go to your room. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't like it, there it's are other rooms. <laughs> yeah. 
I respect your space. Respect mine. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So then it just goes on, you know. As you can tell, I don't have trouble taking my own. (laughs) I'm all about it. You take what's yours, baby. (laughs) I love my wife and I don't care who knows. Oh, yay. (laughs) That's the reality. It's like you got to be able to be free. Exactly. To yourself. Yeah. It sounds like they're struggling with restricting their own needs and desires well this happens with women even as they start to go into their 30s and 40s right Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. so if there's ageism and that like you have to be young and beautiful and perfect Mm -hmm. then anytime you're not one of those three things then Mm -hmm. you feel like you're not supposed to be having sex and i know women who struggle yeah like if they gain weight they feel like they can't have sex or if they start to get old they feel like they can't and they'll stop their sex Mm -hmm. uh, based on how they see themselves and through ageism right yeah Right. So what does society say about it? You know, you only had this like small frame of time in your life that you're allowed to have sex and be sexual. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you're not supposed to. Right. Yep. Like as so children, you're, you're not supposed to touch 18 yourself. 18 to 45, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and after that. Maybe no. 45 is a little, it's, it's kind of pushing it. Anytime you think of it, I think any type of, especially for women, like you said, any milestone. Yeah. Like if you, after you have a kid or if you choose not to have a kid, there's that mm-hmm. sort of milestone that was met and has passed. And well, now Once you pass the breeding stage. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it affects people in their sex life because I have women who are struggling with that, who won't have sex in the light. They will turn the dark or turn the lights off or they will mm-hmm. wear a shirt because they just, they can't find their bodies beautiful. And mm-hmm. I think women are beautiful. We have wonderful curves and it's, yeah. it's kind of sad that, a lot of women just feel that way. Uh, men do a little bit too, but I just see it a little different among you guys. Either you have a very good facade it's that facade, you put up, one hundred percent, or you yeah. just don't care. I don't know. <laughs> it's the facade. It's the facade. Oh yeah. I'm sure there's insecurity for guys. Guys too. just show it through anger. Sh- it's different. That's true. It's women true. internalize, beat themselves up. Men do that too, but then they're just direct they just anger aggress- everywhere. Yeah. You have aggression outward. Like Welcome work. to testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we do. Yeah. The more you know. <laughs> oh, no. No more PSAs. I know, off. and I can't even sing with my horrible voice this time. Sorry, guys. My PSAs will be a little crappy. <laughs> Ooh, you sing your public service enough? I do. I do. Oh, They're I so fun. It. You know, remember from when we were kids? Yeah. The more you know. That's the song. I learned it by watching you, Dad. Just four notes. <laughs> I'm not your dad. No, I was the PSA from when we were kids about drugs. No, yeah, I know. I, I am familiar. So anyway. tell us more about infantilizing old people. Yeah. <laughs> so when you get to the time, like, so you've gone through your milestones, mm-hmm. right? You already know what they say about older f- folk having sex, um, mm-hmm. that they don't have sex or that mm-hmm. they're dirty. And yeah. so then, you know, dirty old men or dirty. Actually, you don't really hear <sighs> about dirty old women. You do hear cougars and cougars are... Um, they're still patronized. I mm-hmm. mean, there's the label called cougar. Yeah, but I do think it's got a little <laughs> more of a they, positive connotation. Yeah, I think they have a little bit more. But way better. Way yeah. better. Yeah. Cougars and pumas. Cougars and pumas. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. But a cougar is seen more of like as a, a woman who's not attached, who's out there hunting. You know, right? Her late, her but she's an older woman who has yeah. money, and so she yeah. can attract the younger men. So like a married woman at that age, they still see him as. <clears throat> asexual to the grandkids i'm sure yeah everybody right yeah so at some point no matter what yeah you're asexual no you're not (laughs) but you're not of course you're not because they still have sex just as much as the rest of the population right Mm -hmm. like yeah yeah um and they have more time on their hands too (laughs) if they're retired 
they're going to probably be doing People it more. People come see me right after the kids yeah. leave and beyond. I have like, 60, 70, 80-year-olds come see me because yeah. they want to have good sex. Yeah. yeah. My oldest um, research participant was 94 um, wow. and very much interested mm-hmm. yeah. in redining what sex looks like for them. Yeah. How do they have to redefine it? Yeah, what well, is the redefinition? you know, your body ages, so you do have that, which also, I think, perpetuates internalized ageism. Like because restrictions. Because when your body starts yeah. aging, mm-hmm. then you start, well, oh, it's kind of like when you gain weight. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, um, now I'm not, I, I don't um, lubricate, or I don't have an erection, or maybe mm-hmm. I have issues um, ejaculating. So... There's all of these things that kind of go on that sort of signify or uh, symbolize like the death of your sex life. I see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you're an older adult, you, you, you're, it's compounded, especially mm-hmm. whenever you're in the nursing home because it's even more compounded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, for whatever reason you're in the nursing home, more than likely it's bec- due to mobility mm-hmm. um, or senility issues mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. dementia. Right. I want to um, put this out there. Only 4% of elderly people end up in nursing homes. I yes. researched that when I was doing my talk for the yeah. aging conference. So I was like, actually, it's a pretty small population. It's so small. Yeah. And quite a few people want to live at home until yeah. they die. Yeah. <laughs> right. And bang away. Because the idea <laughs> of it is so daunting to go well, I mean, into a nursing they, home, I They think. even call it nursing home. When you think yeah. nursing, yes. you think a mother nursing her baby, mm. you know? Oh, so yeah. it's mm. even the environment itself is infantilizing. Yes. Yeah. Because they are the mothers and fathers taking care of their You have to be taken older care of. Right. Much. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Which th- some people end up having to be taken care of but you still don't you still want to feel like an adult you still want to yeah i mean the question i always ask is when's the last time you were hugged yeah mm-hmm. and oh, most don't, don't don't know zero yeah, oh sad. i don't know maybe like a month ago yeah. could you imagine not being touched yeah that would <laughs> suck <laughs> that would suck <laughs> that would be bad. i mean just in the yeah. in the just yeah. the most you know the tender way of just mm-hmm. you know yeah. hand on the shoulder kind of thing Everybody see, wants to touch my. Everybody touchy. wants to touch your shoulder. <laughs> last week, same thing. Because I'm pretty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I gotta get a hole in go. my there shoulder right there. I'm gonna cut a hole in all my shirts I'll right touch there. Both of your shoulders. <laughs> Thank this you. This is touch equality here. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I feel. Oh god. Are you on LSD, honey? <laughs> no, I can rub my face up and down and not be on LSD. How dare you? <laughs> so Ashley Montagu wrote a book um, in the '60s about the power of touch. Mm-hmm. And how, um, <clears throat> as beings, we thrive or we don't mm-hmm. based on our uh, ability to receive uh, human connection at mm-hmm. a very young age. And it goes across the lifespan uh, until right. you're an older person right. um, where you need to be touched. Mm-hmm. And that just doesn't happen regardless of the 4% nursing home folk. Um, when you're out there in the community, in your own, in your own home, um, you know, as you age, the, your family members, they die off. Um, mm-hmm. Your friends die <laughs> off. So mm-hmm. the opportunity to connect um, really becomes um, your responsibility mm-hmm. because people aren't necessarily coming to you as whenever you were younger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so then you, you have to do so much more outreach. Yeah. yeah. So how do they 
do more outreach what do you mean by that like try to be in social groups Maybe yeah social community exactly. centers like my grandma used to go to the um bridgeton community center and yeah. they did cards every day so yeah. like that was one way she connected and, your and mom i have is, clients who do bridge club your mom is also part of like a social group my mom is a the, part of the deaf so because my mother's deaf so she's mm-hmm. part of a deaf yeah. social group but like um, of all of the older people like i think she's the most socially that we know mm-hmm. she's the most socially connected because of that, because she's part of that. Exactly. Uh, That's exactly what you have yeah. to yeah. do. You have to get, get some sort of, of community. And anytime somebody's yeah, retiring and they come <laughs> into my office and they're like, what am I supposed to do with this? I'm like, get into get involved into a community. Oh, yeah. And they still need some sort of purpose, too. Like, those are kind of like <laughs> the two most important things for we aging well. Yeah, for everybody. Yeah. But, like, yeah. I think people have been working so long. That's how they've gotten their purpose. And oh, it's, yeah. it's hard to develop a new sense of purpose once they leave their job. So what will happen is people retire for three months and live like they're on vacation and they'll go back to work because right. they're depressed. Right. <laughs> so, or I've heard partner. that a lot of times where they retire yeah. and they come back. I think Brett don't... Favre did it like seven times. <laughs> Brett Favre. Yeah, that's right. He kept Quarterback. Retired. He's like, well, 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 I'm 50 years old, but you guys want to pay me $10 million to play? Okay, well, I'll do okay. it again. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll come back in. Yeah, it's hard to pass it. Yeah. I think retirement is a one of those crucial ages where if you if you have the money, great, you celebrate. If you mm-hmm. don't have the money, then a whole new conversation has to go on. Right. Um, because your brain has to be stimulated. And when you don't have access to all those social outlets that you used to, um, you find yourself in in a sort of a I don't know just a, sort of like a bleak circumstance. Yeah, and um, you're in like a void where you don't feel as connected and social with people. I mean, your whole yeah. life you worked as a sex therapist, yeah. and at and mm-hmm. at 65 you retired. Now who are you? Now what are you doing? <laughs> sitting at home? <laughs> no. When yeah. and where is your partner? Yeah. And it is your That's partner? That's true because he'll probably die before yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And then and then it'll be around 62 though. So you <laughs> oh, got a few years. If go. not, we'll so do a murder suicide. So got another solid twenty five, thirty years. Yeah. Well, you never know. I mean, actually, my my grandpa lived past my grandma, and we always mm-hmm. thought, you know, the female would live longer, but no. you never know. It depends no. on how people take care of themselves and yep. genetics. Right. <laughs> is it he ninety now? He's in his nineties. Yeah. He wow. is old. He's still trucking <laughs> around. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, um, and like I said, even even at 90, 90 some any age really, it's just that desire to be connected. Now I've met people, um, uh, older adults, who are like, I don't want to be touched. I don't. I don't want to connect with anybody. Um, to me, sex is work, and sex is commitment, wow. and sex is making five meals a day. And I sex was like, is making five I meals am a so day. Sorry, because sex well, that, was not sex. Let's sex talk was about obligation. that. Yeah, that was from the older generation. Mm. There are some mm. people where they didn't who still have had this old to birth world. control, maybe. Well, in that generation, they were raised like, in a way. So you're talking about people born in the 1940s, about like the baby and 50s? boomers. Yeah, 1940s, Some of the baby 1940s. boomers were raised in a, a cultural environment where, really, to be a wife mm-hmm. was to be defined by white males, and it meant that you had to give Hi. it away, <laughs> along with your cooking and your cleaning, and then his job was to pay right yeah. and that i'm not saying everyone is because i know plenty of baby boomers who are completely different yeah. right. but there is definitely a group of right them it's that the like, nuclear family they would rather not oh, have yeah. sex ever i actually i knew a lot of chinese ladies too and they would avoid getting married as well because there was this like dominant male culture where oh, like yeah. they'd lose all their power and right. so they intentionally avoid getting married young chinese women would yeah. avoid getting married so they wouldn't lose their rights <laughs> right it's crazy well, I mean, if you think about it. It's almost like being bought and sold yeah. to some people. Well, because there is well, a very depends on the male culture, culture you know, yeah. and like you are, you're the wife and you mm-hmm. have to exactly. do certain things. And so yeah. if they wanted to go to college, they'd avoid getting married. Yeah. Right. It's interesting. 
Hmm. We, they, we're yeah. in a position, I think, especially when you look at the older adults, that um, if you look at you know the education that they did receive about sex, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it came as a result of soldiers, sex education in this country came as a result of soldiers coming back with STDs. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> oh, we got to fix that problem. We, we have teach a, them how to a lot of young on. solders yeah. coming mm-hmm. in and impregnating all, all those sailors. Women. Oh, my. Yes. <laughs> it was sailors. always the sailors. Right. Because they're the going o- port to port, spreading it around. Yeah. Exactly. And the only time they ever... <laughs> Um, the only time, uh, the only things that they really covered in sex education, um, they used the birds and the bees. Mm-hmm. So they talked about, you know, pollinating and they talked yeah. about, and that's how you do it. And you know what? I've and never seen a bird have sex with a bee. I've it never, never happens. Yes. I know. I don't think it's relevant. No. I don't think it's anatomically <laughs> right. correct. Do they have puppets like a bird and a bee? No, they, they, watched, go, bang, a, bang, bang. they watched a video. Yeah. <laughs> they watched a black and white video yeah. and that was the only... And the interesting thing was, um, if you look at it, if you look at just how we treat men and women and, and gender roles, um, mm-hmm. by and large, um, it almost seems like that was sort of the baseline, and um, that's where it kind of became reality. The women, the young females, were taught, "What do you need to do? Um, your home economics class is going to teach you how to, you know, bake a meatloaf and." Um, teach you how to be a good caregiver and a mm-hmm. good um, provider. And for men, it was, so you have these desires. Um, if you have desires, then you need to be careful with p- which person you choose. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can never be gay. Um, don't be gay. Don't be, you know, you, you cannot, you cannot have same-sex relationships. <laughs> that, was, that was completely ostracized. But they still did. Yeah, they just yeah. had to hide it a they lot. They just had more to hide it. And and it was scary. Yeah, well, and it was dangerous. Sometimes. And it was very, very yeah. dangerous for them mm-hmm. because that was the rhetoric that was going on in mm-hmm. schools. Yeah, and, yeah. and a lot of it's very much controlled by just that old dogma, that mm-hmm. old religious dogma, where it's like, "This is how it has to be." We wrote it down two thousand years ago, yeah. right? And no interpretation for modern times can happen. Right. <laughs> I've seen some themes. Of some that. people right. don't follow that and are still religious, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, like, so those first generation gay men, I sometimes will see them and you'll see a little bit more fear and who they come out to mm-hmm. and when they date, because there was a time when it was very dangerous, mm-hmm. but they paved the way for some of the younger generation yeah. to not In have that same 60s, fear. 60s, 70s and 80s. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I do, I'll see it still. Like they're very careful and it, it's you don't know starting who you can to become, trust. So it's starting with social media. People are actually starting to just like put it out there. I know. Like they just say, this is the this most is narcissistic it. generation so you know. I hear. <laughs> well, I, I think it we gives love space ourselves. for people who are in part of those minority populations mm-hmm. to feel like they can have a voice a and little they can easier. Find other and they can share community. it with their family and friends. And yeah. people who are gay aren't as invisible, I think, because of it. Because yeah. you see them. They're all around us. They're our friends, our family, our brothers and sisters. They're everywhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, there was that whole website, It Gets Better. That was all about like yeah. for those young teens Don't that were kill coming yourself. out. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. hey, as you age and you have more autonomy, your life will oh. be better. Right. Yes. Really, when you get out of high school, life yeah. will be better. Yeah, I, I do yeah. because in high school, there's, there can still be a roughness around no matter the way what high school sucks. Behave. <laughs> Some high schools have gotten better though. When they have comprehensive education, they seem to be a lot cooler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do because then or they learn to be awesome people. <laughs> a little bit more conversation around the topic instead of no and never and. Yeah. And you're a bad person. And you're a bad person. And the absolutes. <sighs> right. Yeah. 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 So okay. sex. Oh, what are you gonna ask? Go for it. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to ask about one? sex education. Yeah, <laughs> like what kinds about... of things for comprehensive education would you say are important for people to be talking about as they're 
aging. So do you research sex education or what do you do with sex education? Yeah. Um, so I have been, excuse me, I have been, re- I've started researching um, sex education. Mm-hmm. Um, I teach a sex, <coughs> uh, sexual, sorry, sexuality and counseling course. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great. And some of the, I say it's great because I love talking about sex. And I get 16 weeks to talk about sex all day to people who've never talked about sex before. Ever. Right. For most of them. And um, then I get to blow their mind. And um, (laughs) then they're like, oh, my gosh, I can can counsel anybody now Mm -hmm. related to sexuality. Mm -hmm. At least that's the majority of them. Some are like, no, Angie, you're ridiculous. I think every therapist should be able to talk about sex. It comes up. Literally, people will come to me for anxiety and then sex comes up. Exactly. <laughs> Every so, single one. They're like, oh, I'm here in here because my elbow hurts. Also, I have penis problems. <laughs> <laughs> right? And people will do that when they go time, to the doctor. Can like we work if, on my penis problem yeah. first? <laughs> like apparently if people will do that at the doctor. They'll like come in and say, mm-hmm. I have a cold. But then when they actually get in the room with the doctor, then they start addressing the real issue. Right. Yeah. Some of them will struggle That's to even say sex or vagina or uh-huh. penis. They'll be like intimate or we want to get close right. and I'm or like, you can say sex right. in here hoo-ha. you know i'm a sex therapist right, right? yeah i think right. it's a, a real problem with our culture is we try to hide the words for yeah. clinical terms and yes. just label them as bad words that's like, my first i remember class. i had somebody mm-hmm. who <laughs> just telling them all the was, words and getting them to shout yeah, like, literally shout got out mad at me because i used <laughs> the word masturbate be- when their oh, teenage right. children were around mm-hmm. oh, oh i'm like really is masturbation. Like Get I said, I it. think those should be household <laughs> words. They, they are. Household words. <laughs> masturbation. Masturbate. It's okay. Do it in right. your room. Shout out from the rooftop. Make it like a rumbling, you know. Yes. And then get real loud. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No. <laughs> so if I can look at... So I teach it from a clinical perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when we are dealing with clients, um, that, like you said, come in for an elbow and it's really an issue mm-hmm. with um, erectile difficulties or intimacy or... Um, just, I, I've never had, most common I hear from women, I've never had an orgasm. That's so common. Right? So, How um, do they never have an orgasm? Like, what do they do well, with they, all their time? I have lots of thoughts about why, why <laughs> I, women believe that they don't know what an orgasm is. Yeah. You know? Well, go on. Well, you, okay. We well, got time. <laughs> so I think, yeah. I think, you know, I think we're taught as, as children, um, well, we're not taught as mm-hmm. children mm-hmm. that we have uh genitalia you know we pee yeah and we poop what we talk a lot about peeing and pooping (laughs) my kids there's a lot of it they're fascinated with pee and poop yeah (laughs) primarily poop and um but there's never that conversation i at least i I would say the majority of if i can make a guess the majority of folk do Mm. not talk to their children which makes it already a scary topic if it's never talked about there must be a reason or or if they do talk about it they talk about it in negative ways of saying you cannot mm-hmm. do it you're right. yeah. not allowed negative. to don't touch yourself yeah don't touch yourself don't have sex with you'll people. grow hair exactly. on your palm yeah you know which oh isn't true you're not gonna grow hair no but i've I done heard it multiple that. times <laughs> this would be like three feet long <laughs> i would be Why, so would you shave it <laughs> no he no. <laughs> yeah, i'm owning this it makes it softer <laughs> All right, gang, I got to use the restroom. I'll be right back. Keep it going. And here we we have our our mid-show bathroom sprint for Angela. Continue, sex Sex education. Teach me. What is this sex you speak of? Okay. Well, I don't know about the hair growing, but (laughs) (laughs) I actually did hear that um, when I asked my 
um, participants, when did you first learn about sex? Well, I did learn about if, if you were to masturbate that you would grow hair <laughs> on your hands. And the they women, thought that was actually real. A real thing for a oh, very God. long time. Wow. And it wasn't, um, and for the women, never. In fact, when I said to one particular participant, um, it was just a really alarming and I think sad thing. Mm -hmm. um, they believed that if they uh, masturbated, then that meant that um, they were interested in the same sex. And so it that engaging in masturbation was only for people who... Who were homosexual. Who were gay or, or lesbian bisexual. or yeah. bisexual. That's weird. Yeah. So they never yeah. ever, and when I try, because they worried they like, might fall in love with themselves. Did you know that everybody can masturbate? <laughs> everybody oh, does. No, never. I would. I. We're not gonna. I don't want to talk about that. That's that's not. I'm not. Yeah, they just no. don't register. No, as something no, not that even, not even close. Yeah. So. Um, the comprehensive sex education. Mm -hmm. I grew up in Cahokia, Illinois. Mm -hmm. um, they got mounds there. The, yeah. We do have mounds. Yeah. About 15, 15 minutes away, I think. Yeah. Um, I've been a, there. It's a great field trip. Mm -hmm. But um, my experience <coughs> with sex ed was a lot different than I think many people. Um, we had a daycare in our high school or mm -hmm. at our high school. I see. Um, because to retain students, especially female students who were pregnant, was really hard. So yeah. they created a daycare That's in good. hopes that... We can retain That's our students good. and they can graduate and be better. When I was in better. high school, they didn't have a daycare. They would just send the girls who got pregnant off to a special school. Oh. Yeah. Wow. They were isolate them. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we had sex ed. We talked a lot about Mainly it was like A and P. Like mm -hmm. this is your vagina, mm -hmm. which is not. It's a vulva, but okay. <laughs> and <laughs> Even I call it a vagina. It's like, Everybody calls it a vagina. Everybody calls it a vagina <laughs> or a penis. And I know that's actually the canal on yes. the inside. But well. You there's just call reason. the overall thing of a joke. Right. So there's a reason right. why it's important <laughs> to call it a or, vulva. And um, I've been recently reading this book called Becoming Cliterate. And it talks about how um, when we don't name it for what it is, we're actually um, keeping out the parts that are part of female pleasure. Yeah. Right. So the female pleasure comes from the vulva and the clitoris and the labia, mm -hmm. not the vagina. That's actually the least sensitive and sexual part of us. I mean, it does get us pregnant. So, you know, sure. have sex in our <laughs> vagina and we'll get pregnant. It has a purpose. But, but if, like <laughs> to name those parts is to make make it known that like these are the areas to focus on if you sure. really want us to have pleasure. Sure. But in, and that's what she's kind of her case. In common in language, book. though, mm -hmm. people just use vagina, though. Because well, it's, it's I'm, I'm calling ours a, a vulva. <laughs> and when I watch my daughter, vulva. I tell her it's her vulva. vulva. <laughs> okay. Right. But you know, it's fine. You can a still call it a vagina. I won't like get mad Call at it you. a rose. Call it a rose. It's a rose. It, it doesn't. It's a pretty yeah. thorny rose yeah. too. So I understand. Yeah. If it was up to my four-year-old, she'd call it her butt. She, <laughs> she just still doesn't Oh yeah, her it. front butt. Like her yeah. front butt. <laughs> I think that's what her family calls the bottom. <laughs> uh, I did have a friend who that's what they would call it. They just call it the bottom. They would mm -hmm. not reference it at all. Oh. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's just the bottom area. Yeah. That's it. Nope, just bottom. This whole area is a yeah. bottom. That's yep. it. So, so we were talking about sex education. Mm -hmm. um, and Missouri, it says uh, comprehensive, or sorry, um, abstinence only preferred, mm -hmm. not abstinence only required. Right. Um, and what we've come to find out, especially in Missouri, where we've had quite a few parents come to the front mm -hmm. and argue the point that we need comprehensive sex education That's good. in hopes that we do not, uh, well, hope, in hopes that they, they make good choices, mm -hmm. essentially. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. You're going to touch yourself. Yeah. You're probably going to touch somebody else. It's more than likely going to be consensual. But do you know what consent means? Right. 
And do you know the ramifications of touching each other? Mm -hmm. Um, So so that kind of conversation doesn't happen in sex ed, um, by and large, in the state of Missouri. Um, Mm -hmm. In fact, if you look at, uh, so Erin Marin, she she was assaulted as a child and nobody believed her. Nobody looked for any signs, even though the signs were there. Mm-hmm. And so she really sort of paved the way um, and took this really, I think, heroic stance and made it known all the things that ever happened to her yeah. and how it could have been prevented. Um, and so Aaron's Law, if you if you look it up, um, she has been able to go all nationally mm-hmm. to put this into um, an, uh, a law. Yeah. And so in the state of Missouri, you are supposed to follow Aaron's law, which means you are supposed to educate about um, consent and yeah. the signs and symptoms of sexual assault and sexual trauma, or not trauma, but you know, um, mm-hmm. anything that could um, be seen you know, as cruel or damaging or, right. or whatever, so, instead of putting a blind eye to it. Yeah. And so my, my quest that I always ask my students is go to your district mm-hmm. and find out do you have, how is Aaron's Law implemented in your school? Mm-hmm. The majority of the students say they don't have anything. They don't yeah. have anything. They don't have anything. They don't know what consent is. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a freaking yeah. law. Yeah. Like, it's a law, but it's, it's not followed. It's, no, it's a law, but not followed. Yeah. And mm-hmm. because we have this whole like abstinence only mm-hmm. Mindset, yeah. Mindset. And people teaching it. And right. Right well, and here around the corner, guys, actually. I want to tell you what's <laughs> happening, like, yeah. as a result of, our, of this, okay? One mm-hmm. of our guests of uh, a few weeks back, maybe a couple months back, Sally Boxbum. Mm-hmm. Boxbum. She actually is a real advocate mm-hmm. for uh, comprehensive education. And she's been pushing definitely for the St. Charles District and all the other districts mm-hmm. around here to yeah. actually teach real sex education and not just say, no, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and right. she recently got banned from one of the districts, oh I God. believe, in <laughs> St. Charles District. It might have been because she was saying shame. shame. <laughs> so, yeah. I wonder, I do want to ask her if I that's, do, I if that's why, but again. like one of the last few <laughs> things we saw is somebody said she was standing there at the end of the thing doing like they did on As Game a, of Thrones. It was a parody. Parodying Game of Thrones. But to explain shame. what this, this um, and that's what I was wanting to go into, is so mm-hmm. that like these abstinence and consequence only sex educations are using either fear-based right. teaching or, isolation. or right. shame-based teaching. Mm-hmm. Which and is I want to tell yeah. you like what's going on in the brain if people actually internalize that. So basically what happens is, is instead of making, art, so the, the, the discerning part of the brain is the frontal lobe. This is the part that like, when you give it facts, it starts thinking and like mm-hmm. considers what it's going to do, you right. know, right? But when you use fear and shame-based teaching, we activate the midbrain, which mm-hmm. is that fight or flight response. If it is successful, what mm-hmm. happens then is people, when they're making choices about sex, are all they're the way reactive. here. They're reactive. They're yeah. not thinking cognitively about like what's the best choice here. They're reactive. They're, they're reacting to their hormones. Or, they're, yeah. they're not thinking about consent. And I, what's funny is... My the biggest thing I, I talk about is is communication that like those are the two responses I get from every client. They're mm-hmm. either avoiding sex, that's mm-hmm. the fear, the fight mm-hmm. or the flight, or they're fighting about it, which is the fight. And so all of them mm-hmm. are in that reactive space. And the first thing I have to do with literally every couple is bring them out of that space and make sex casual and comfortable. Right. Yeah. And so like I just want you guys what? to see the long term <laughs> thing that's happening to it, people. It even affects yeah. people well into their adulthood into their and adulthood. well into maybe oh, even yeah. their 60s and 70s. When I'm you're sure supposed to be having all right. kinds of sex. And even if they're married, I'm not against people's values. If you want to teach your kids like, hey, sex is important. Wait till marriage. You're allowed to have your values. But if you want kids to make smart 
smart decisions. You have to give them actual facts yeah. and then you have to trust them to make the best decision for right. themselves. Yeah. And that's right. the problem is I think people just want to control them and they're so scared of their kids yeah. potentially having sex right. that they use those strategies that are terrible. Yeah. They're terrible. They right. And you know, I, I see some progress with that. I see even people among very conservative populations mm -hmm. who are starting to kind of say, well, maybe it still is important to teach about oh, yeah, condoms in my and office. consent. <laughs> Struggling and with sex. Like somebody we know, <laughs> you're, I'm not going to say who, but she has kids and she is conservative, but she even went out of her way to teach her kids about condoms and consent mm -hmm. so that they could be safe. And then she still taught them her values about yeah. what it means to be Christian and all that yeah. good stuff. And then you her can point do of both. view. Right. But she still gave them that safety. Uh huh. And a lot of people use the, the metaphor of riding a bike. You give the kid a helmet. Uh -huh. It doesn't mean you want him to go over and smash his head on the ground. Doesn't mean you advocate for crashes. Right. Right. <laughs> it means you don't want him to yeah, get AIDS. Is like a condom, right? Exactly. Right. You don't want him to get AIDS. You don't I'm want a him crash to get advocate. a STD or get pregnant when they're not ready for it at a young age. No, you're just protecting them. Yeah. 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 I think that, uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. You agree. I yes to all of it. So something you mentioned <laughs> earlier. It just, it just makes me so sad when I think about it. Yeah. Like, I do that too. I'm like, like oh. oh. <laughs> I have those moments too. I'm like, damn. <laughs> They're my therapy shutdown yes. moments. Yeah. Why is this but sometimes happening? you can't save the world. You just got to save who's in front of you. And you guys are therapists. So you got plenty of people. So we get a chance to save them all the time. Yeah. It's exciting. And educate. And yeah. Mm -hmm. So you were talking earlier about uh, people not being taught the signs of sexual trauma. Mm -hmm. Oh, I want to know that. What are the signs? Like, let, teach our teach viewers us right law. now. Teach, teach us. us. I think that's an important <laughs> one to know is like, what no, are some things that people that. need to sure. look for to work if they worry their kids may be mm -hmm. being abused, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think um, many of the signs of any kind <clears throat> of trauma um, are differences in the child's behavior. Mm -hmm. So, right. So if they're, you know, happy, bubbly, and then all of a sudden their effect is just very low, mm -hmm. um, aggravated beyond the typical aggravation, because mm -hmm. my kids can display quite the level of aggravation sure. on a day-to-day -day basis. It's more just their mood entirely. Oh, everything. Turns to like that. you just, you're just recognizing that there's a shift mm -hmm. that it happens. Happened. Yeah. A mm -hmm. real what happened. Yeah. Um, sometimes bedwetting occurs, uh, mm -hmm. nightmares occur, night terrors, day terrors, night terrors. Yeah. Sure. All of that starts to sort of come out. Um, you might actually notice um, physiological changes um, if they have sleep disturbances or mm -hmm. um, if they <clears throat> have. Um, they may even have marks um, mm -hmm. if they're talking. So the biggest thing I think from Aaron's law was um, she was ignored. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She was telling people she that was, she was being yeah. abused. So if you are in a position where some, so I even my daughter, mm -hmm. my daughter was like, oh, I kissed somebody. You know, we kiss each other's peepees. I was like, oh, oh. no. Now you have to have that right. conversation. Yeah. So, you know, from my head, <laughs> right. So I took that hat off um, yeah. mm -hmm. and tried to, you know, balance the hats. Um, mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, it's really, really, really late, but she really wants to stay up. Mm -hmm. That just, we were talking about other things in general, but not peepees. Mm -hmm. And yet, here's this conversation. Um, it went from kissing and then the intrigue was there so then it shifted mm -hmm. but the point that i'm trying to make is um in the end nobody kissed anybody's pee pee yeah um but i heard it through right i processed oh, okay. it yeah i talked to you don't know, assume that no. it's not the case talk right. learn talk and learn and yeah, yeah find out find out the truth yeah. and if you are uncomfortable as a parent um take them to a counselor 
Yeah. It's not gonna. It's not going to harm. Counseling doesn't harm. At least yeah. you would. You would like to think that it like doesn't thing, it, it can't, harm. Sometimes you can feel re-traumatized by having to share that. I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. But I mean, in the if, long if run, it I'm hasn't sure come help. out. Yeah. So um, I knew somebody who was traumatized from a very young age. Mm-hmm. Um, recognized all the signs. Totally sh- demonstrated everything I had said. Just really irritable. Um, really isolating. Just isolated themselves. Never did anything. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, they, well, I don't want to make it, I don't want to make, I don't want anybody to make assumptions by what I'm saying and saying, oh my gosh, that's totally my cousin. Right. You know, or that's totally. there are people who are introverts. Right. right. So I'm saying for this specific case, um, that even the people that they were, uh, interested in were, you know, for lack of better words, broken people, Mm -hmm. people with just really hard lives. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I finally got that person into counseling because it couldn't be me. Um, and they told. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that was four years of being traumatized and assaulted by one person. Yeah. And all it took was one counseling session, one objective listener. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Yeah. So I, I highly endorse counseling. If you are as a parent, do not feel comfortable having that conversation. What I will say is that if you come in as a parent, um, I have had one parent. I had one parent in my past um, say, um, and this was a very long time ago. Um, my kid um, claims that they were assaulted by my boyfriend. I need you to find out um, the truth because I'm sure they're lying. Yeah. So the a lot of times people assume kids are lying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they already made the decision in their mind, and they came to counseling for that. Yeah. And so I had a, I had a. They're like, here, make my life easier. Make sure they're not. Yeah. Right. Tell them they're wrong. Tell Tell them them that they're lying. And And then that, that pressures the kid to keep it to themselves. Right. And I will tell you. Because they don't feel like. People don't report sometimes. Oh my gosh. But they feel like they can't speak up. Right. I'll tell you if you're a parent um, and you assume that the counselor is going to follow your lead and saying like, she's, this person's a liar. You need to find out the truth. They're probably not going to be 100 percent on board with that. They're probably going mm-hmm. to explore mm-hmm. what happened, like the details. Mm. Which is good. Yeah. Well, well don't tell them that because yeah. we want them to bring the kid in anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think part of the reason, though, is that parents are scared of what happens next. The yeah. ramifications. So of the it. ramifications. So we are legal. mandatory reporters. We are. Uh-huh. Um, and in my best cases with this, I have the parents sit with me as I mm-hmm. make the call, and they get to be a part of it. Really, what. Like, so there was this old timey way that um, the social workers handled it, which was baby snatching. And that's why they got that like phrase, that name from is that they would take the kids out of the home right away. Mm-hmm. But these days, what I've found is that they send a social worker there. They try to do an assessment. If you're willing to work with them, they want to work with you and get services. Like mm-hmm. social work has changed because we are more aware now that like kids need to be with their parents. They feel safer and more in control. And unless it's really a dangerous situation where we really do need to remove them, mm-hmm. they're likely going to stay in your home but get resources and encourage you to report or like yeah. prosecute if the person Absolutely. Is, um, yeah. needs to be protected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I just wanted for any parents to know that because right. I know it's scary to, to get it reported. It is scary. And, you know, as we were talking yeah. about earlier about the whole, um, you know, the way so, our society views sex. Our society also views asking for help um, oh, in, a diverse, yeah. in, in diverse ways. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm a total seeker. And, no, this is private. This needs to be our just family. Just get over it. Put your just nose to the grindstone. <laughs> that happened <laughs> to me, too. Says. Don't let it happen to you. And. Yeah. 
you really have to think about what's best for mm-hmm. the child. Mm-hmm. You'll be fine. Just put Windex on it. That's terrible. That is terrible. But no, it's no. an example of like, but you know, I like, like that. Bad I like that. Movie. I know. Right. Right. <laughs> no, but like there is there like not even in sex abuse. I was I was trying to like take a step back from that. And like just in general in therapy, people mm-hmm. don't come or they'll come when like things are on their last leg because mm-hmm. even just right. in general asking for help makes you it's kind of like a weak thing as opposed oh, to yeah. something a sign of strength oh, yeah. well if you admit you need help then you have to do all the work of fixing it mm-hmm. i know it's and much that, easier it's to much easier it. to do nothing instead of doing something <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> when it comes to energy just levels make a huge elephant in the room. Like, eh. if you say oh my marriage has problems well now you gotta go into therapy and talk Ugh. and argue and right. deal you gotta with become a better person right <laughs> or if you're dealing with sex abuse, you have to deal with right. therapy yeah, and court is issues and right. all these custody problems, you know. But yeah, I, I it's, think with it has any, to be hard. Right. I think with anything that you mm-hmm. want to change, mm-hmm. that you, if you put the, put it in your mind that um, it's going to be harder before it gets easier mm-hmm. because it just takes a lot of courage. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of grit and you have, to get, to get through the impasse. And you have to look at the overall goal. Right. It's like, it's not exactly. just going to marriage therapy to do it it's because you want to be happy in your marriage you're both going there right to get better and for somebody who's dealing with sexual abuse you're trying to protect that child so you can yeah. make them have a good life and have them right. be, grow up and be a right a successful adult right mm-hmm. yeah. so therapy it takes grit that's my next psa the more you Ooh. know it takes grit. <laughs> Thank you for singing it, honey. Yeah, Yeah, her voice is out, so I I will be your vocalization for the night. Although I still have a raspy voice as well. Yeah, but yours sounds great, so don't worry, babe. Oh, (laughs) yeah. How are you doing, ladies? (laughs) So let's move on to eating disorders. You said you work with a lot of people with eating disorders. Yeah. And what do most of them come in there dealing with? What are some of the issues that lead to that kind of body image issues? Um, so an eating disorder, I think, is a symptom. Mm-hmm. You know, the food is a symptom. Yeah. It is a way that we control. One of the things that we can do to control our world when our f- world feels uncontrollable. Yeah. Um, <coughs> so we were talking again. Uh, it sort of keeps rounding back to sort of these social mores that mm-hmm. we have about body mm-hmm. and body image and expectations and gender role. And um, I think for a lot of a lot of individuals um they use they they know how to handle their body so they they restrict they do what they need to um Mm -hmm. sometimes what happens even worse i guess in worse situations is um they have been sexually traumatized yeah so and there are many cases where somebody might gain weight um to create an armor Mm -hmm. and some may lose as as much weight as possible to look more androgynous, mm-hmm. um, to look less female, less curvy. Yeah. Because to be a woman is to risk being violated. Attracting some sort mm-hmm. of trauma or and, assault. Uh, right. right. Because it's your fault mm-hmm. or it's your body's fault. Right. Because of our womanly wiles. That's yeah. what I've been told. Right. Our curves, they're just so appealing. Yeah. That you shouldn't have been wearing that. Right. Yeah. I'm surprised Stuff you're like so that. far away from her right now because... Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's oh yeah i can't there. keep well no really i can't keep my hands off her <laughs> that's true no really it's my wife though it's she's okay with it right? it's yeah, like, no if she's oh, right here like i always, adult. I always no, grab fine. her leg yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but with yeah. somebody who's yeah dealing with that it can cause some eating disorder issues oh, that's yeah. the way they try to control their yeah. world yeah they feel out of control 
Absolutely. So I came on board. Um, I started at Castlewood Treatment Center looking for um, a sex therapist to train under. Um, and by the practice, I also learned a great deal about eating disorders. And um, one of the things that I, I always found fascinating was regardless, um, regardless of the food, regardless of any and any of it in the end, like the body image is the last to go. Yeah, it is like the last part of that whole self-torturous process that you put yourself through to go because once you gain the weight mm -hmm. then you have to see yourself yeah. once you gain the weight <clears throat> then your brain starts remembering all the reasons why you started to engage in these disordered eating behaviors in the first place and mm -hmm. it's so hard yeah so it's easy to blame the body when you um have nothing else to blame right like, I mean, you can blame other things. There might be other things, mm -hmm. but in the end, it's that. And body yeah. image is the last to go because then you're a typical American or whoever, a person mm -hmm. in this country, especially where your body is very objectified. And regardless of how long it's been, you know, mm -hmm. you're seen as property in the 30s. You're still technically to a certain degree seen as property and that your body is not your own. And we've seen a lot of cases come out mm -hmm. where... If you want to leg up and even, you know, Hollywood, it, you oh, got yeah. to bend to the service. So Put a leg up? Yeah. Right. Even Louis, <laughs> Put a leg there up was for allegations for Louis C.K. even. Like, he's the last person I would think. Right. Like, what is it with comedians? Come I on, know. guys. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so there, you know, then yeah. you have that. Yeah. And what does, we, we all go through transition, um, especially when our ideal isn't met up with our perceived mm -hmm. or when our perceived looks worse than our what we are yeah so um it's just such a terrible struggle for many 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 people yeah and so in, in terms of intimacy and sexuality learning how to love your body is a really important mm -hmm. attribute and yeah. having a really good sex life and just having a just being really you know um, yeah. presently intimate yeah because she's not going to find you attractive if you don't find yourself attractive right you're not going to present yourself in that well manner. what i found is the or women aren't even versa. they can't even get out of their head so like there's exactly. a long ritual around mm -hmm. sex and like yeah. shower and like getting their head out of that like mm -hmm. there's a dark space their head is mm -hmm. in uh, towards their body yeah and then some of them can't even be naked in front of their partners right. um some cannot have sex in the light because they just like and they'll be so so they're too, too so they're they're overanalyzing their own appearance. Yeah, they their own they don't even pay attention body. to the sexual experience. They're so worried about this mm. that they 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 some of them that I've worked with a few and some of them can't even hit orgasms not because not because of the mechanics but just because I like they the mind is just not invested mm -hmm. and if you can't like for all of sex if your mind isn't in the game it's not going to be good sex right and so yeah I've seen a lot of challenges with that and yeah. I, I I would agree yeah like that body image even if they do get to a point where they're at least at a like healthy weight they still struggle with they that sense of I'm ugly acceptance. or I'm not good enough yeah. or mm -hmm. oh, they it's just a dark place they'll always there. find something to criticize their own body about yeah 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 yeah, yeah. well we all do right <laughs> But oh, it yeah. just it takes it to some another degree. level. Right? Oh yeah, like my elbows. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> Your elbows are beautiful. <laughs> are. We want you to love yourself, Josh. I do. Oh, he's awesome. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> so, so what are some of the treatment models for something like an eating disorder? Um, you know, do you well, use EMDR or what is it? So she's set talking about being mindful. That's their issue mm -hmm. during sex. Mm -hmm. like, so what are the have, treatment? I think in the end, it's just, 
like mindfulness and being present is like mm-hmm. the ultimate goal. That's it. Yeah. yeah just to, and to be comfortable with the mindfulness. Yeah. To be comfortable with your body. Mm-hmm. Um, but eating disorders, the main treatments um, are kind of the behavior therapy, mm-hmm. uh, dialectical behavior therapy, mindfulness, um, different levels of mindfulness treatment. Um, art therapy, expressive therapies, they're all really helpful. Ooh, I like art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I... I never heard of art therapy. Yeah. It's expressive therapy, um, psychodrama. All of it is, I think, really, really helpful because mm-hmm. it's, especially when you're using art yeah. um, and art forms, um, you can externalize the process. Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily have to think inward and you don't have to talk inward about it. Yeah. You can yeah. sort of say, this is what my eating disorder looks like. And you can create something which makes you right. feel accomplished. Yes. And you yeah. feel safe to do it probably a little bit because right. that's not me. That's a piece of art. It's mm-hmm. fiction. We can right. call it fiction and something else beside me. It can, me. yeah. And, and I can it accept can be, it for what it is. Mm-hmm. And it can be cathartic because then, you know, you're getting that sort of, you know, that demon out. You're getting yeah. that evil, that dark part out. Yeah. And you put it on something. Yeah. And you make and, it beautiful. Yeah. Right. And so just you, witnessing it in its misery. Yeah. yeah. Witnessing the misery it created for you. Yeah. Can yeah. be really, really helpful. Yeah. There's that a lot of different, though. really mm-hmm. great creative ways to work through trauma. I. It's funny. He listens to this Eminem station. And I think of Eminem as like a rapper who has some trauma. Oh, and yeah. And he's using rap to really express oh, himself. Yeah. He totally does. Like every morning when he's listening, I'm like, you know, Eminem, you get it out, man. He does. <laughs> yeah. It's a hard I, life. Is it a podcast? <laughs> no. No, Eminem. He's a has musician. Music. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you don't know Eminem? I know Eminem. I know Eminem. I thought you were like he was talking no, about no. something. No, no just his listen to like lyrics, man. Actual oh, lyrics. I love I No, love he's got him. some sad like, stuff. A lot yeah, of people criticize him for being so violent and all that, but the reality is that's a strug- something he struggled with his whole yeah, life right. is being gr- growing up in a very violent and mm-hmm. an environment where you can be taken advantage of. Yeah creates that anger in an adult mm-hmm. just like sexual mm-hmm. trauma or other right. traumas do right so yeah. he works through it i think through his music mm-hmm. and not always in a good way sometimes he puts it really out there yeah. but the re- interesting thing is like 15 years into his career like now he's I-, I love the song where he's saying i'm sorry mama i'm sorry i cleaned out my closet a little too far yeah i know you were going through a rough time too you know yeah. i think yeah. he gained well, perspective over the yeah. years yeah. yeah and he says like he would he never even plays that song anymore at his concerts because of that because he mm-hmm. regrets it you know mm. so yeah it's interesting yeah. yeah yeah but it's just an example so rap or writing books or mm-hmm. um art or expression yep. expressive therapies can be like dance therapies mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. just um like there's yoga type write things a novel, people right? do. Short yeah. stories or, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. or sacred movement. We had this woman who does like, um, mm. like the, it's like sexual expressive dancing and oh, it's really okay. beautiful and they do it in the dark so you don't have to feel um, like body Vulnerable. conscious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very sweet. I did one of the classes and I felt very beautiful at the mm-hmm. end. Of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Gina Ogden, I think, does a lot of uh, tantric work and she does... Tantra. We, Ooh, we want to get yeah. one of those. Oh, tantra. I actually do want somebody yeah. who I want to have a guest on who t- can talk mm-hmm. about Tantra and all that. That would That's be awesome. Yeah. I know yeah. nothing. I just, I just. You have to there. give us her name. Uh, oh, yeah, wow. she's up. an asex. She's, she's, she's long she's, distance. Yeah, but. that's fine. <laughs> anyway, 
She has retreats. You could. <laughs> that would be fun. Retreats. Oh, that's true. I think we need to sign up. <laughs> we should go to one. I think it'd be yeah, fun. I think that would be a very interesting thing to study. Place. We have to naked dance at a retreat. I don't know, but oh. she had this. She did this thing where everybody was moving, and mm-hmm. then they had to move and touch each other, but in a sort of consensual. Like, do you give permission? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now touch. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and it was amazing. It's just for sexual expression. Yeah. People yeah. are so like. Oh no, right. just tighten. So it's, it's nice just like, to. It's okay. Yeah. I'm a sexual person. This right. is allowed. I'm a yeah. human being. I need contact. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Okay. I think we've done. So I wanted to touch on one thing. Okay. One last thing. <laughs> one last thing. We talked a little bit about uh, uh, kind of the opposite. It may be kind of to that kind of suppressing your sexuality. Somebody who has something like chronic infidelity. Mm-hmm. who is very hypersexual. Mm-hmm. So we were talking a little bit about that. And you, where, how do you think that kind of personality trait comes about? Are you asking me? Or are you? you both are okay. sex therapists. Like, well, I just, it's an interesting I'll, thing I'll to I'll tell make. you something, but you can tell me otherwise, right? Okay. So um, what I found, now not every person who mm-hmm. has this trait has like a trauma past. Right. But I will say when trauma occurs, people have very extreme outcomes as a result. Mm-hmm. They either... Um, box up their sex life and avoid it or they become very sexual as a means but in a way that they want to control it in some way so like um, it's kind of like a way of retaking back sex and sometimes they do it in healthy ways and sometimes Mm -hmm. not so healthy ways because culture our culture doesn't teach (laughs) people about consent or how to be like a healthy sexual person so I do see that we don't have sex education boundaries boundaries things like that right Mm -hmm. and so I, I have seen both extremes as a result of trauma but I've also seen just like there are people who have very hypersexual desires and there's no right or wrong to where you fall on the desire spectrum. People are all mm-hmm. over. But like right. for people who tell me they could have sex three or four times a day, but their partner is like, I think once a week's good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> four times a day. And they have boundary crossing issues. So newlyweds, yeah. But <laughs> after you've been married 10 years, maybe good, once we good did luck it like getting that. one once. a day. <laughs> that was a good day. Oh, it, it was. was a good day. We never left the oh hotel room that day. That was the honeymoon. That was one of our honeymoon days. <laughs> I like to do things on vacations oh, too. Oh yeah. There's something about hotel sex. Oh yeah, like, no, yeah. it is good. But like, there are some people who either they just have boundary crossing plus that hypersexuality, or they have like narcissistic personality disorder or like antisocial, where they mm-hmm. really don't have guilt and like choosing to have sex outside. Um, but it's not we all necessarily not have guilt. And it's not that's all. Nar- it's not all. Like, well, that's what I'm saying. It's not all personality related either. There can be multiple reasons mm-hmm. for that to occur. But right. what are your thoughts? You're allowed to be different. <laughs> <laughs> she is also it. a sex researcher. So she knows <laughs> a lot. Yeah, we know. <laughs> so, what's the question again? I have no idea. What causes that? Um, so, that chronic cheating. Yeah. What oh. What causes that? And what are some ways people who have something like that can work through it? So, two questions. Mm. Well, I, I guess I would want. If I were to look at it, I'd have to look at it case by case. Right. Because I really feel it's like case by case. Right, sure. there's so many nuances in mm-hmm. every relationship that you really mm-hmm. have to just explore it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so You don't have to generalize. Some, just some, say, some, some clients can have this, some have some that. Some clients do. Some, yeah. some clients just really have an impulse control. Mm-hmm. Um, some are trying to fill the void, so they f- fill it sexually. Mm-hmm. Um, that might have been something that they were taught as a young person. And then they're going to engage it as a means to f- control, yeah. mm-hmm. um, to feel empowered. 
Um, to feel something other to than feel pain. something yeah. <laughs> right yeah. similar way to, to the eating disorder like exactly. a coping mm-hmm. technique it, it could all yeah it could absolutely be a coping um and i guess infidelity if we w- were defining infidelity as the person not knowing or not consenting right non-consent right. Yeah. yes yeah and it could be emotional or sexual you mm-hmm. always right. have to define it that way because sure. sometimes right. people are just emailing but because you don't know it still feels like a betrayal of trust mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. i i am well and so i'm curious because on those this piece of infidelity. Mm. So um, in defining infidelity and sex addiction, um, well, I guess, what is your stance on sex addiction? We don't see it as a thing. Well, we, <laughs> okay. it doesn't I don't exist. see it as a thing. No, I don't she's see part of ASEC. They even oh, came ASEC out and said it doesn't and actually, exist. Even the, so, like a lot of groups have yeah. come out recently against sex addiction treatment exactly. mm-hmm. because it's that shame-based and fear-based right. mentality. Exactly. And we like facts. Mm-hmm. We like it's very facts. good. But there are yes. people <laughs> who, while they don't have an addiction, they are more drawn to sex mm-hmm. and they have a little bit of they make commitments mm-hmm. that's the infidelity part they make a commitment but then they themselves can't keep it mm-hmm. even though yeah. they'll say like no i really don't want to do this but they just get those urges and they feel like they're out of control yeah mm-hmm. well that's that yeah. impulse control that you right. were talking about mm-hmm. there's definitely people who so struggle with impulse that control with in, yeah struggle mm-hmm. with impulse control yeah. yeah i do i find it interesting that it's the community is really polarized and mm-hmm. whether or not sex addiction exists and the <laughs> people who are really into it, like uh, Patrick Carnes and all the people who are involved mm-hmm. um, on that side, um, believe that if we were to not call it sex addiction, then we would be dismissing all the people who are impacted by the action. Mm-hmm. So like the loved ones, the family members, oh. the, it, depending on if it, it is, involves money where they're, you know, purchasing yeah. sex, mm-hmm. you know, what about all those people? Right. I'm like, well, you, there's, it's still an issue. Right. It, yeah. Those people have still been hurt. Sure. They still want help, but mm-hmm. it's just, they don't want to call it that. They don't want it's to call it. It's because we want sex, sex positivity, right? Right. And so, where yeah. this people is generally are from. addicted to vices, mm-hmm. and vices mm-hmm. are seen as negative, mm-hmm. something you're not supposed to do, something culture has told you is taboo, something like drugs, something mm-hmm. like alcohol, something like smoking cigarettes, something like sex. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why they don't want to tie the word addiction. Mm-hmm. to sex because, well because well think of yeah. it's not how, like negatively yeah. people look at alcohol for addiction right it's not the alcohol itself that is evil it's the behaviors associated with it that Absolutely. become the problem well the right. difference between sex addiction and the quote-unquote sex in alcohol addiction is people who have alcohol addiction there's a chemical change sure. in their brain mm-hmm. it's different they become physically dependent no, upon i understand but substance. even so like um this is comes from harm reduction training sure. Like, because we demonize things like that, like sex and alcohol or pot, like, Mm -hmm. then there can't be a space for people to do it in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what I see, it's funny, I actually get people after these sex addiction treatments, and they have shut down their desire entirely. And um, now they're coming to me because they have to relearn how to have sex in a positive way. I've had plenty of couples like that, or like people who were... um, ex-priests and ex-nuns where they were like programmed you know mm-hmm. from childhood anybody really, who to was shut raised in desire. that really right. like ultra religious yeah. conservative Ab- right. i say yeah. this often but abstinence is really bad for relationships it's really bad oh, yeah. <laughs> and every time i've seen it happen and that's the thing that they mm-hmm. suggest in these sex addiction treatments is they they want them to be abstinent until the guy is starting to have wet dreams and I don't know why. I don't know mm. what. There's probably no research that mm. backs that up. They're just mm. they just came up with that. But so then they do. They avoid sex, and then now they've shut down the way they wow. used to have they've sex. Their body and then to they not. come to me because yeah. they're like, I we are not having sex at all right. now because sex is seen horribly. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
they see it as a, a vice, something right. they are to avoid. Yeah. 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 And that's why the abstinence-only programs in general aren't mm-hmm. a good thing because no. you're teaching them that this is something you're not supposed to do. The problem is you can't tell somebody, don't do this ever, and then say, oh, but there's this little caveat over here called right. marriage or no. you're an adult. Right. The reality is you're going to program the person right. to not feel sexual or when, to suppress those feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I was a um, middle schooler, I went to a church and <coughs> they had this big celebratory event that they didn't tell anybody mm-hmm. b- prior to it. So we all walked in and they were like, we just want to let you know that this is the time for you to commit yourself to God and Christ and mm-hmm. all of this. And um, we're going to give you your first wedding gift oh. for oh. the day that you can consummate your love with your husband. Oh. And um, and then everybody who believes so rise up and come and claim your, your marriage gift. I was the only... 13 year old person who sat because I thought that is a lot to ask a lot of somebody it's a lot of pressure on the spot on the spot and Mm -hmm. everybody's like I want to get my frame and I'm gonna get my goblet and I was like that's why it works because it's that group thing where people don't want to feel like the only person sitting down and I so I sat there and you know they came to me and said do you did did you understand and (laughs) I was like yeah yeah I I just didn't understand I didn't understand why I had to make that commitment now. Yeah, I'm like not at, marrying you. At 13, <laughs> yeah. like, who am I marrying? What, yeah. What's his that name? What's an intelligent 13-year-old? You're like, <laughs> no. <"Sure>, uh, <laughs> you're like, no, yes, thank it you. Wasn't me. No, I responded the same way. I was the same way. Think, I stayed right? seated. Like, you don't get to tell me what to do. Yeah. I just, it just, it was so It's like, it why does so Jesus weird. care so much about where my dick goes? Come yeah. on. I don't know. I don't think he cares. Yeah. He didn't ever talk about it. And it, it wasn't. It was more about <laughs> fishes than loaves, I remember. Yeah. He was busy <laughs> really. working he was about with the people. He was saying, don't be <laughs> the One another. Yeah, yeah. Be yeah. kind to one another. Yeah. Something so, like that. So, <laughs> yeah. And you know what? <laughs> Sorry. And I, I think in the end, especially when we talk about all of these things, like when mm-hmm. we talk about sex education or we talk about infidelity or sex addiction and or trauma, if it even exists, yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's the idea that w- we already, as a society, put so many confines and limitations mm-hmm. and so much pressure on a person to um, be a certain way and engage mm-hmm. a certain way and live a certain way. And sex is always sort of like this other thing that isn't honored or celebrated, nor is your body mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. like person first honored or celebrated. Mm-hmm. So having like labels... <laughs> that interfere with that like sex like right. to call it sex addiction mm-hmm. it's like we've already worked so hard yeah, yeah. to <laughs> just take this back to the dark okay. ages yeah <laughs> sex is okay sex yeah. itself sex is okay is sometimes okay. your behaviors around it can be mm-hmm. bad right but like sex if you're gonna make a bad fine. choice there's gonna be a ramification yeah. for it so mm-hmm. and it you know i it's just this sh- that's Shame. our last PSA of the night. Yeah. Right. Sex is okay. Sex, sex is all right, yeah. The more you know. <laughs> and with that, uh, we have to end the podcast yeah. for the okay. day. Well, so we want to put in some plugs, right? So, Angela Schubert, you're at Crossroads Counseling. I am. And anything else people need to know about you if they want to get in touch with you? What's um, your website? All that? I don't have a website. You don't have a website. Okay. No, because I'm a, I'm a professor. I run okay. a counseling program. And um, so if you're ever interested in counseling or becoming a counselor, definitely okay. give me a call. Give her a call. That's right. Okay. And um, 
my book is coming out, Helping Couples Overcome Infidelity. It's going to be in January 2018. And then, of course, if you want to see a therapist, www.therapistinstlouis.com. Trying to go low. My voice oh. is just cracking oh. like crazy. <laughs> and it, if you come to see her, you get to hear that sultry Ooh. voice. We'll talk all about to yourself what did she for say an earlier? hour. Sultry? Sultry. Oh, I was meaning <laughs> sultry. She is so sultry. I'm sultry. It sounded kind of like sluttry, right? Oh, we can talk about a slut tree if you like. Ooh. Anyway, you can find us on <laughs> iTunes or Google Play. And please give us a review on iTunes. We want to get that review up there. It doesn't even have a rating yet. Oh, like, no. You've got to get like 100. I don't know. Oh, Who okay. knows? Oh. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for joining us, everybody. Have Bye. a good night. Bye. Bye.